Welcome back to Behind the Wall. We have got a great show for you today. We are officially one week away from NASCAR's return to Darlington. Uh, today we're going to be re- uh, talking about the upcoming race. We're going to be reviewing the upcoming schedule. It's going to be t- about 10 days of thunder. I'm very excited for that. In addition to that, we're going to be recapping the Pro League Invitational Race at North Wilkesboro Speedway. And then we're going to be doing a return of trivia. So without further ado, let's roll. Once again, welcome back. This is our fifth episode of Behind the Wall. We're growing and growing every single week. I'm excited uh, to announce that, actually, everyone knew it already, but uh, NASCAR is returning this upcoming Sunday at Darlington. I am ecstatic to get the cars back on the track. It's going to be very different with no live pit stop, etc. But regardless, it's cars on the track. How do you guys feel? Are you guys excited? I'm really excited. It's uh, It kind of feels like a second off-season. We uh, had the two-month off-season before, or three-month off-season before this, and now we're on a two-month two break again. The anticipation's building up. Uh, there's going to be a lot more new people tuning in, so I think it's a great opportunity for the sport to start off or start off a season again on the right foot. It's going to be really cool to see cars back on track and be the only sport televised and having everybody talk about it. Yeah, and, um, you know, like he said, we talked about that in the last episode. It's a good opportunity for NASCAR to grow. Um, one thing that I think is going to be really cool um, is we've got the the Sunday Darlington and the Wednesday Darlington. And I'm wondering how the differences between the two races, like what differences we'll see between them. Um, as far as I know, are they the same length? Uh, the Wednesday is sh- going to be shorter in length. Shorter, but okay. the, uh, the Sunday is going to be a day race. Wednesday's a night race. So, so I don't know when the last day race we had at Darlington was. It was, but prior I'm it was 2014, I think. Because yeah, too. Yeah, that was the last time we had a. Um, that was the last time we had a uh, non-nighttime Darlington race. Because I remember when NBC took over, they changed the schedule around and they brought back the Darlington night race on Labor Day weekend, which was a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think they're really lacking there when they pulled Darlington away from the Labor Day because that's that's one thing NASCAR fans are really passionate about is the this the crown jewels and their positioning on the schedule. Like Darlington's a great race regardless, but I feel like it has a certain zing to it when it's on Labor Day weekend. Like it's just something you look forward to, kind of like Daytona and Fourth uh, of July. But I I think that the Daytona Fourth of July race is expendable uh, just because Indianapolis is also a fascinating track it's not going to be near as exciting and not too many fireworks there since it's going to it's not a night race but i think the schedule move to have daytona as the cutoff race is going to be awesome because why not start and end the regular season with your crown your pride and joy at daytona like that that's great idea so one thing i was curious about was um you know before all this happened we were looking forward to 
Pocono because they were going to have a doubleheader weekend. Well, now it seems like we're almost going to have a couple doubleheaders with Darlington and Charlotte both having two races in the same week. Um, are they going to run the same cars or, or swap cars for the different events? I would assume they're swapping cars. I, I Don't quote me on that one because I honestly haven't seen anything about it. I haven't seen Pocris or Gluck uh, touch on that issue, but I would I would assume there's going to be a quick turnaround to where they all the teams head back to Charlotte and then get back to Darlington Wednesday morning since it's a one-and-done day type deal. I don't know if you've seen anything, Josh. I have not. I, uh, I, was, I didn't really think about that, but I feel like the guys who – Obviously, the mid-pack guys, they're probably going to use the same car, just lack of funding. But I feel like yeah. the bigger-tier uh, cup teams, Joe Gibbs Racing, Hendrick Motorsports, for example, I feel like if they run strong, they might go ahead and say, hey, this car ran strong on Sunday. Let's run it again on Wednesday, see what we get out of it. Worst comes to worst, we got a really solid finish that day, and we don't run as strong the next day. Next I don't race. see him using the same engines, though. I feel no. like there's going to be an engine yeah. swap, but as long as the car's not wrecked, I they're agree going to with use that. the same car. One thing I think will be interesting, though, is um, Darlington was originally supposed to be in September. And um, was it September? Yeah, September. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, I mean, there's a limit on how, on how many chassis each team can have. And most, and more than likely, I guarantee, well, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I would probably guess that most of the teams hadn't built their Darlington cars yet. And then so they only announced that NASCAR was returning like a week or two weeks ago, maybe not two weeks ago. So the teams really haven't had much time to start working on cars again. And that's why I think they might see a little bit more of an even playing field. Um you know, they've only been working on the cars back in the race shop for like what a week, two weeks at the most. Yeah, they're yeah, they're just weeks. now allowed to get back into the uh, the shops and work on cars since the uh, North Carolina governor is finally working with them. Yeah, I mean that's the thing I saw was I mean I I think they were able to get back to the race shops like May first or something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah, and with the uh, with the additional races here at. Charlotte and Darlington, there is the sad news that uh, because they're going to keep the schedule at 36 races, that a couple tracks are going to lose an event for the uh, for the 2020 season. Uh, those tracks include Chicagoland, uh, Richmond Raceway, and Sonoma. Uh, honestly, I'm kind of bummed about losing all uh, at least Richmond and uh, Chicagoland just because both, well, Richmond more so because that's my home track. That's I was going to be able to go see a race there for the first time in years right. if they had it this summer. But Chicagoland, just because the, the racing there, especially with the new era package, has been unreal. And I'm, I'm really bummed out that we're missing out on the opportunity. Sonoma, I don't, I don't really care too much about that. But what do you guys how – do you, how do you guys feel about this change? And actually, I'll throw an additional point in there. Um, Chicagoland has canceled the remainder of their events for the rest of the season the 2020 season. So I, I'm assuming it's the other races they were going to have there and concerts. And do you think this is bad news for Chicagoland? I, uh, I talked to somebody and from him, I heard that after the season, this is just from him after the season, Chicagoland could be losing future dates. Well, they only have one race. So they'd end up losing that date, which I think all the pandemic stuff and quarantine stuff 
is hurting them. As you see, like they canceled the rest of the events in 2020 and it's not looking good for years after this, especially as many employees as they've cut. I heard before they decided they were going to shut down, they were going to bring in other people from like ISC tracks or something like that to end up planning these events and work with them to get race weekend ready. So I think they were just very unprepared as of, as like many other tracks are, but they're just getting hit very hard. And I think we won't see Chicago land back on the schedule. Yeah. With the, with the, them bringing in other employees, that's, that's not a new, new idea for them. Like my, my time at Talladega and, I've seen with other tracks is that usually they bring in other, especially in the marketing department, they bring in other people from tracks. Um, so they'll bring in a marketing person from Richmond for a Talladega or one or two people for a uh, Talladega race or uh, send people to Phoenix. Uh, it really, it, I mean, it, there's a, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting what the word is, but they, they, they seem to swip swap a lot of the, uh, the employees there and, uh, send them different tracks to go help out. So I, I already feel like the uh, the staffing at these tracks is at the bare minimum just to save labor costs because you don't need these people at the track for the other weeks of the year without a race. Right. So I don't think that's that's too alarming that they were pulling in people. But I do I do agree with you. It's going to be extremely tough with no incoming revenue for Chicagoland that they're going to stay afloat next year. And that it's sad. I hate I hate seeing that. And it's, but it's just the, the times we live in now. I was, um, you know, losing Richmond was, was, you know, sad, you know, it's, um, I don't know if I'd call my home track cause I grew up in Pennsylvania, but it's definitely become one of my favorites because it's where it's closest to where I live now. Um, and, but, you know, at the same time, we, I think we should still get the, the fall race. So, um, that'll, that'll be fine, but, you know, losing, losing Chicago was hard because, you know, the past two years, there's been really good, really great racing there. And, um, you know, I felt like out of all the one and a half mile tracks, it felt probably the less, what you call cookie cutter. You know, they love to say everything's cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it had a great surface too. Um, it was an older surface, you know, we lotted lines to race on, um, unfortunately Kyle Larson wouldn't have been there this year probably, but he, you know, he made things interesting there running his high line, you know, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I just feel like losing that track really hurt. And I really wish there would have been some way they could have taken away a race from, from some other, you know, bigger track, like a mile and a half, just, just to increase the diversity and, um, in the season. Um, but, you know, I think the scarier thing, like like Josh was talking about, will be, will we ever see another race at Chicagoland? Um, you know, I'd hate to see any NASCAR track go, go sink like that. I mean, no matter what the track is, it's just not good for a sport in any way. Yeah, and that actually brings us into our uh, fan question of the week. This comes from Richard in North Carolina, but he asked. Uh, if you had to choose which three tracks, actually, that's that's gonna be long. But if you had to choose one track to lose a race date this year, which one would it be? I we'll think, start. We'll start with you, Josh. I think if like it's an easy choice, Kentucky. The past few years, 
I mean, last year we had a great finish between Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, but it was the Bushes. It was yeah. brought from a late race caution, which past years Kentucky hasn't brought that great of finishes. Besides that one year, Carl Edwards I think won on fuel mileage when Brad Kay ran out of gas. It was one. It was like a fuel mileage race between those two. But other than that, the excitement at Kentucky just hasn't been there. So I think it's hard to choose against Kentucky to for them to lose their race. I um I won't. I won't necessarily argue that, although I don't think Kentucky would necessarily be the right choice, and that's just because I like to see, I prefer to see a, a diversity of different tracks, even though it's another mile and a half. I think it would, I would probably choose a race that has two event dates, just so we can eliminate one. Um, and it, if for me, it would probably be Chicago, I mean not Chicago, um, Pocono or Michigan, just because they're both run so close together, and it's, and I think that's the main problem with the schedule in recent years was that they would run Pocono beginning of July or sorry, beginning of June, then end of July. And, um, and also Michigan was like beginning of June and then August, early August. And I felt like those two dates were just too close together. So losing one of those races, I wouldn't mind so much. Yeah. And it begs to, I mean, it, the question comes, uh, especially in the Corona time, it, all these people, I mean, all of NASCAR had to work with the governors and talk to them. And, and the way it looks is they chose the three tracks on the schedule that have probably the longest, longest time until they, uh, the states will reopen. So Virginia, mm-hmm. you, you've got, I think, June 10th. Uh, Michigan, they're not opening up anytime soon. California, yeah. they're in the same boat. So it made sense. But I would have to agree with you there, Josh. If I had to eliminate a race, it would definitely be Kentucky. And it, I enjoy Kentucky. I thought this past year uh, the race was fantastic. I like uh, what they did with the PJ one. I think I don't know how well, yeah. but I mean I think it was a good it was a good choice to use it. Yeah, I I, I would have to agree with Josh though that that Kentucky would, in my eyes would lose its state, and I'm in the grand scheme of things I'm cool with Richmond losing their date just because they have two, but. Replace Chicagoland with Kentucky. Like, how hard is it? You've got a track that's going to be struggling here, and I understand the reasoning why, but I feel like they should have been able to help them out, especially if, I mean, since this race is midway through the summer. Like, I I, I don't know. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, all or two out of three rubbed me the wrong way, but this one more so than the others. It sucks. I, I agree with that. What really surprised me is that Watkins Glen didn't get canceled. I thought that. New York being hit as bad as it is with the coronavirus would end up losing that date, but really glad they didn't. They'd canceled two of the uh, two of the three road course races this season, and I think over the past few years, road coursing road course racing has really grown on a bunch of people, especially the majority of NASCAR fans, Chase Elliott fans, yeah. really like enjoy watching these races because they're like, "Wow, my driver is going to do good," and I think like early 2010s road course racing was not really looked forward to many people like oh it's not exciting but over the past few years the excitement has been great at these tracks seeing chase win at Watkins Glen the introduction of the Roval I think NASCAR really did something good here with only taking away one road course race instead of possibly going and taking a race in New York uh, strictly because of how bad it's being hit so yeah I liked what they did too there with choosing one track from each of the respected uh 
the respected groups with one being a road course, one being an intermediate and the other one being a short, uh, a short track. Um, but Jay, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was actually about to ask, um, and I feel, I feel really ignorant for not knowing because I feel like I should have kept up, but I don't know if the details were actually really released because I never really saw Pachris or Gluck or anybody tweet about it. But, um, is the second Charlotte race going to be the Roval or is it just going to be the Speedway again? It's going to be, it's on gonna the be Oval, Speedway. 400 kilometers instead of 600 miles. Okay. So are yeah, they so you still got the, the running Coca-Cola the Roval 600 on? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're going to have the oh, Roval. Okay. So we're going to have okay. three Charlotte races and three uh, Darlington races. I saw an interesting... So if you like those tracks, you're in luck. Yeah. I saw an interesting comment on Twitter the other day. They're like, wow, Indianapolis is doing these great things. Like later in the year, they're going to go and set up the road course in 90 minutes, which blew me away of how fast it's like you can go from a road course back to the oval track. And people were asking, why don't they do this with Charlotte? Why don't they change the roval, change to the roval in a few days, kind of give a variety of tracks that are, uh, that are being raced instead of just going to the Charlotte oval. And yeah. The answer couldn't, like, nobody could answer that because people were, like, arguing for it. They're like, wow, it wouldn't take that much instead of, like, the thick tire berries. But, like, well, you can just go and put that up not to, uh, it wouldn't well, take too long. there's a simple answer for that. There's a simple there, answer, and it's the teams don't have a road course car ready. That's yeah, what, I, they don't. what I've heard it is. And that's yeah, that's that, just, it's the the bigger teams like Hendrick, uh, Penske, and Joe Gibbs, they, they can – get one of those cars ready real quick but you get the star comms and you get the the go fast racing they they can't do it that quick they're already operating on minimal staff so it's it's so unfair to be like all right guys uh 14 days and we've got a road course race at the roval which is it's that would be that would just that would be a bad look for nascar if they they kind of screwed over the smaller teams like they did or if, if that would have happened and I suppose there's some other things like um, the main difference between Indianapolis and and Charlotte is they're two wildly different tracks. I mean, with the Charlotte with the Roval, I mean you gotta, I mean there are some there are some bigger things I think at least that would that would cause a little bit more time. Like I know the turtles, I don't know those probably take some time to get set up. I don't know if you know how quickly it could be done, but you know changing things like the infield grass, um, you know, I don't. No, I'm not an expert on that. I, I couldn't say how whether it could be done or not. But I think Henry is Henry, what Henry brought up is probably the main reason. Yeah, more than likely. All right. Well, before I get too fired up about this and start screaming, because my I, I probably will get pretty pissed off just because this whole thing's got me wound up. But uh, let's go ahead and get in our next topic. Uh, we had the final pro league invitational race at. Uh, North Wilkesboro this past weekend. Once again, I was unable to view, sadly. I uh, really wanted to watch the race, but uh, I'm sure you two both did watch the race. Uh, Timmy Hill got the championship. Uh, Denny Hamlin with a win. Hmm. So what, what did you guys think about the race? I, uh, I'll be too quick now. I didn't know if Jay was going to go, but uh, I enjoyed it seeing North Wilkesboro on track. I'm 18 so i've never seen north wilkesboro on tv i've seen like old footage of it but i never watched the race live so kind of getting the virtual look at north wilkesboro was really cool it's really interesting how much work dale jr and the steve myers the creator of iRacing, worked together to 
make this come to life. He showed on his Twitch stream Thursday night, like him going to work, them laser scanning the track and that how that whole process works. It's they put a lot of work, a lot of time and Kyle Bush, I remember, was joking around with Dale. He's like, Oh, these RVs uh look a little newer than I think it was eighty seven. He's like, I don't know who the creator is, but I think he uh made some mistakes and just like joking around, which I think is really cool when they can just sit in their cars or, or sims and joke around with each other. But the racing the action was like really good. Two lanes ended up forming, had the outside lane and uh Timmy Hill and uh Denny Hamlin were up front most of the race and uh they had a really good battle at the end. I think Denny was on fresher tires than Timmy Hill, so he was able to hold him off because tires are really important there. But Timmy Hill was outstanding throughout like the whole pro invitational, which I don't think surprises many people considering how good he is on iRacing. Yeah, unfortunately I didn't get a chance to watch the race live, but I saw a bunch of highlights from it and um you know, I, I you know, like Josh said, it, it's really cool, um, you know, to bring back a track. Um, and I like what I like what Dale has been doing for them. And, um, you know, it's it's not just North Wilkesboro. There's a bunch of other tracks that, you know, people would love to see come back, like Rockingham, um, you know, really bring NASCAR back to its roots, which I think a Cup Series race at North Wilkesboro would be really awesome to see. And I think. Hopefully, I mean, that is the goal for them, and hopefully we'd be able to see that in the coming years. I think that'd be a, a really awesome event to have in NASCAR. And I think it's just what NASCAR needs. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that they're giving the exposure to North Wilkesboro in the way that they are. And uh, speaking of iRacing, we've got some big news this week. Um, we, as uh, members of the podcast and co-hosts of the podcast, have decided to sponsor a car. And this is something that I wasn't even thinking about a couple of days ago, but a driver reached out and asked if we'd be interested. And we all said, and unison, hell yeah, we're interested. So uh, we're going to be sponsoring the number 11 Chevy Silverado of Steve Offant, who is a loyal listener of the podcast and friend of all of ours. And uh, can't quite remember which racing league it was, but I'm definitely, we're definitely going to have to uh, tweet out the streams. I think they're racing at Bristol this weekend, but um, how do you guys, are you guys excited for this? I feel like it's a great way to, uh, support this iRacing league and, uh, get the name out of the podcast. I'm pumped. I think it's a really cool opportunity. I've ever since like I started paying attention to the Coke series, I've really like got an interest in sim racing and to be able to put the podcast on the car or truck is really cool, especially since it's broadcasted live on YouTube, being able to let us cheer on our friend, but also, get publicity for the podcast and just see your name on the truck. It's going to be a really cool. I'm really excited to tune in Friday night. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I'm really happy. Um, iRacing is, you know, something that's really gained traction in recent months. And um, I think sponsors sponsoring iRacing events and sponsoring iRacing drivers is really becoming a, vi- a viable form of marketing and, you know, I'm really excited about this partnership as well. I think Steve is an awesome driver. You know, um, I, I just love to see uh, when anytime we can make a partnership work like that, you know, getting more listeners of the podcast is always awesome. And, you know, I'm just happy to, you know, be a part of it. Yeah. And just quick little plug to Steve. Uh, I want you all, all of you guys to go follow him on Twitter. His uh, ad is 
Steve Offant. Offant is spelled A-U-F-F-A-N-T. Once again, it's Steve Offant. Uh, go give him some love. I mean, he he's going to do a great job. Uh, good guy. Been a good friend of mine uh, for basically a little over a year now. Uh, great, great guy, even though he's a West Virginia fan. Um, but I, I don't hate him for that one. I just think of him a little less as a human being for being a West Virginia fan. But, you know, happens. But anyways, in addition to that announcement, uh, as you guys heard at the beginning of the podcast, we have a brand new theme song. We've switched away from Pitbull, uh, mostly to get away from any copyright because Pitbull probably uh, would come after us if you heard the podcast and realize that we don't have any rights to that music. Uh, But we have gotten permission from the great uh, Steve Everett uh, to use his music on the podcast. Uh, so that song was uh, Fake It. Um, so make sure you go follow him and uh, listen to his music on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all of the above. Um, great music. Uh, he's been featured in all the NASCAR Heat games from uh, NASCAR Heat 2 on. Um, he's getting ready to get featured up here in uh, NASCAR Heat 5. So um, I'm excited for that, too. I feel like we're, we're really getting a name out there for ourselves and uh, – it's it's looking the future's looking bright for this podcast. Just a couple of uh, weird NASCAR fans uh, making it, or at least trying to make it big here. Yeah, and um, I I don't want to get carried away, but I would like to hear you guys just general you know thoughts and opinions on NASCAR Heat Five because I really haven't seen much other than a few like the teaser video and everything like that. But I'm really curious to see what the new features are. But to be honest, my personal first impressions, to me, it really just looks like a like a DLC pack, like new schemes and, and cars, I guess. Like, I'm really waiting to see what new features like, you know, improved graphics or improved physics or tracks, you know, looking better or different features, like things that we we're kind of missing from the 704 um, produced games as opposed to like when EA made them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this brief because I don't want to comment on it too much until they uh, release more specs of the game. Yeah. But as far as I know right now, it is NASCAR Heat 4.5. Yeah. Five. That's what I see it as, pretty much. I uh, I've been looking at. I've saw the trailer, saw the little uh, pictures that they posted on different social medias, and it looks the same. It's a uh, like you were saying, it looks like a DLC pack for Heat 4. And I'm a big fan of like their games and how far they've come from Heat Evolution, which that game was pretty rough to see where they came to Heat 4. It just yeah. be... I hate when games are like, we're going to have a great game two years from now, but why not have a great game next year? And they're talking about like Heat 6 being a revolutionary game for console racing, but... I think I wish we could see that now, and I mean, I'm all, I'm still probably gonna get it just because I'm a NASCAR fan, as we all are, right. and like getting on there and playing. But right. um, not too much well, advancements. I, I will say that the uh, greatest thing I've seen so far uh, with NASCAR Heat Five is two Steve Everett songs, not just one, but two. So on this uh, upcoming game, they're gonna have Long Year and Never Love You. Um, listened to both those songs quite a few times and they're uh certified steve everett bangers so steve if you're listening well done uh super pumped for you to have not one but two songs on there 
and uh, really looking forward to hearing you uh, while I play and get angry at online racing. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into next segment, uh, the return of NASCAR Behind the Wall Trivia. Uh, Jay won last week. Uh, Well done. It was kind of a a controversial win. Still think that uh, Josh cheated, even though he claims he did not. We will never know. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna give it another shot this week. Um, this one was it was kind of tough for me to come up with questions. It took me about two hours just because I wanted to get some that weren't too easy, but uh, at the same time weren't too hard. So you guys are welcome for that. And I did want to make a correction too with the uh, trivia from last week. I uh, me being the idiot I am sometimes, I confused myself. The question was who was the last uh, champion for Jack Roush and. In, for some reason, I was thinking first, and then I, I started defending myself that Matt Kenseth won after when I was trying to say that he won before. So, yeah, Kurt Busch was the correct answer. Uh, don't pay attention to my idiocy. Um, or idiocy. There it is right there. can't even say idiocy. Um, but anyways, you uh, you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Yes, let's go. All right. So, to uh, this week's format, we're going to go four questions. God willing, there be a tie after four questions. There will be a brand new quick fire round. Um, so we're going to go back and forth, tit for tat. And uh, I guess first one to get it wrong. And if the other person gets it right, that's the winner. All right. Well, without further ado, though, um, question number one. Uh, first one to answer wins, as usual. What is the official length of Talladega Super Speedway. 2.66 miles. Well done. That was quick. Josh, how you feel? You upset about that one? Uh, I was... Uh, yeah, I'm upset about that one. I wasn't... <laughs> I was a few uh, hundredths of a mile off. I was going to say 2.61. But uh, I'll get him back at the end. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that number is burned into my mind, but it is. I, hey, you I used to work there. You should know it. that. You know. Even even I mean even before I worked there though. Yeah. It, I just for some reason whenever I thought of Talladega, it was 2.66 miles. I mean, it's just it, it's kind of like the pie formula or whatever, you know, and that like 3.14, but it, that's the same thing. It's it's basically <laughs> how it is. All right, so J1 Josh 0 going to question numero dos. Uh, since 2010, how many different champions have we seen? Or actually, yeah, how many different champions have we seen? Six. Mm, that's not it. Yeah, that is incorrect. Oh. Um, seven. That is also incorrect. Eight. Yeah, it's eight. Ah, uh, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart, Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Joey Logano. Hmm. Between those eight drivers, the attention. I forgot Joey Logano won. I thought Truex won twice. Gosh. Yeah. The uh, the only multiple winners were uh, Jimmy Johnson with three and Kyle Busch with two. Which I must say, um, having, you know, we have a good diversity of winners this past decade. Oh, yeah. As soon as Johnson qu- kept winning every single one. Yeah. <laughs> that got a little dry after a while. All right, we're going to uh, question three. Jay with a one-point lead over Josh. Question number three. This one's going to be tough. Uh, which track 
was the first fully paved track? Martinsville. It's incorrect. Daytona? Incorrect. Ooh. What is the it? The answer is Darlington. Darlington. Um, that makes sense. Don't, don't yeah. ask me when it was paved because I don't know. I just 1950. Know Did you just look it up? No. But I've seen like their logo and it says like since 1950 or whatever or established 1950. Well, I mean, it could have been like a Richmond situation where Richmond went paved off the bat. It's, That's true. Yeah, so we, we won't know. If, yeah, any listeners was a good tweeted guess, us. Yeah, Martinsville was. I would have I would have thought Daytona to be honest. Yeah. Um, but no, the answer is Darlington. So you guys are both wrong. So, heading to question number four. Um, Jay still up one point over Josh. Uh, the question is, who owns Dover International Speedway? Is it SMI or ISC or I guess NASCAR now? NASCAR. <laughs> SMI? That is a trick question. Neither. Independent. Neither. Independent. Oh, yeah. Golly, I thought, I, Josh, I thought you would have been all over that one. I thought all I right, was. We'll go redemption. Quickly, who are, what are the three independently owned tracks in NASCAR? Josh, you get your chance to, uh, to get back here. Five um, seconds. Dover. <laughs> and? Uh, Indianapolis. And? Uh, Fontana? Fontana's NASCAR. I wasn't thinking. I just I guessed thought Roger Penske owned Fontana. No, no, no. It's That's Indianapolis. Well, um, no, the uh, the correct answers are Indianapolis, Dover, Darlington, and Pocono. Pocono? Darlington's oh. NASCAR. Oh, that's right. That's right. Goodness gracious, guys. You guys uh, are so lucky we didn't go to uh, Quick Fire because it's all... Who owns which track? Oh, and I, yeah. You guys, you guys probably wouldn't have gotten that one. That, I'm gonna that do some in. Okay, so after week two of NASCAR behind the wall trivia, Jay's got a commanding two <laughs> wins to zero. Only got one. Josh, you right? Yeah, I mean, you guys are you guys are disappointing me. I asked if you guys are ready. I told you to work all week to get better at this. I mean, you guys are you guys did worse this week than you did last week. I'll uh, try I harder next week. More. You said that last week. Yeah, well, I'm going to try even harder. I'm going to need you to put in some training hours. For sure. All right, now the trivia is done. Let's go ahead and move into the final segment. Um, let's get some hot takes rolling. Uh, I guess we'll go hot Yeah, hot take for this weekend at Darlington. Um, race at 3.30 Eastern time on Fox. Big Fox, not, FX, not FS1. Uh, so... Josh, the loser. Let's go in here. Your hot take, then we'll go Jay, and I'll close it out. So also get, I'll give my uh, hot take, and I'll end it off with my prediction for the weekend. So my hot take is yeah. Let's go predictions too. Okay. All right. Uh, so hot take. It's I think drivers are going to use stage one and two more as a practice rather than like uh, more of a race. Because I think it's going to take a lot to feel out these cars. It's going to be probably pretty warm so might be a hot track and guys haven't been out on the track in two months so i think we're gonna see pretty calm racing early but once stage three starts it's gonna be really good racing 
doors are going to be banging. You're going to see the Darlington stripe on every right side of every car. And I think we're in for quite the show next weekend, this weekend. Um, that is not a certified hot take, and I'll tell you why. It's not hot. <laughs> because that is a carbon copy of my hot take last week. Hey. Uh, wow. I was, I was talking I about it with one of my buddies. and uh, Golly, dude. Thing. That one's on me. Man. But uh, race prediction, I think the Denny, uh, 11 of Denny Hamlin will win. He's uh, Joe Gibbs Racing is always really strong at Darlington, so wouldn't be surprised to see them back in victory lane. I will say, um, first for my hot take, won't be stealing it from Henry this time. Um, well done. I don't know if it's going to be my hottest take because it's kind of something we kind of seem to expect. Um, well, maybe not expect, but, you know, it's something we've seen before. But I think uh, I think Kyle Busch will fight somebody this weekend. I think we'll see a fist fight in the pits, possibly. <laughs> I think it's going to be a war of attrition out there on the racetrack. And I think somebody's going to somebody's gonna have it coming. I think it's going to be Kyle Busch. Um, are they going to fight with or without masks? Hey, look. You don't know. Are they, they might what, not be able to. Genuine, I mean, this is a serious question, though. Yeah. If, if someone fights, can they do they get away? fined for not? Well, can like, people I mean, separate them, you know? Like, you can't have a big crew fight, you know, like they did um, when Joe Logano and Denny Hamlin fought. I'm not as much worried about that, but do you think they're going to get fined for not only fighting, but not following coronavirus protocol that they've made such a big deal out of this past There's week? Quite the so, hefty fine. Kyle Bush, if you were listening to this, please fight someone just no. so we can see how it turns out. Please fight somebody. Please. So my piping hot take, or maybe not so. I don't know. Was that a piping hot take? No, that's that's a pretty hot take. That's dude. a hot take. Yes. Make my hot take come true. And then um, yes, please. And then I'll finish with my race winner prediction. I'm going with uh, Kevin Harvick. Um, he's been fast at Darlington before, and for some reason, I just like. Kevin Harvick, uh, especially at a racetrack when they have no practice and no qualifying, um, are they going to be lined up by owner's points? Because then he should be starting pretty, pretty, yes. pretty high up. So that means uh, yeah, I think Kevin Harvick's going to have a good day. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start out with my race prediction. Um, uh, that's that's tough. Yeah, I feel like I haven't I haven't seen a Darlington race in forever. And it's just because we've been in this uh, this coronavirus period for so long, but um, let's see. Uh, no, screw. It. I'll, I'll say Denny Hamlin wins this weekend. Um, definitely, he's going to win if he misses pit road again. That seemed to work last time for him. So, yeah, if Denny Hamlin misses pit road, you got a race winner right there. Um, hot take. Uh, I guess this. Um, this takes away from my race prediction, but that's it's still a hot take nonetheless. Uh, we're going to see a beer tea team win at Darlington. It's not going to be a Gibbs, Penske, Hendrick, or Ganassi car. Oh. Hmm. I may Newman. look like an absolute idiot. Yeah, I, I would say Ryan Newman. Dark, all right, everybody take a dark horse now. Actually, no, I, I, I won't say Ganassi. So if my, my hot take is that either... Ryan Newman or Matt Kenseth will win this, uh, win the race this weekend. And holy hell, if Matt Kenseth wins, how cool would that be? Or right. Ryan Newman well, too. Uh, you said dark horse predictions. Yeah. I think if we're gonna see a dark horse, uh, it'd be really interesting to see Tyler Reddick. He's ran strong the first yeah. few races of the season. Would not be surprised to see him battling up front. Yeah, that's a good one. 
Um, I think I'm mine. I think mine is Ryan Newman. You know, I mean, it's already my it's already my hot take, so I'm going to throw another dark horse in here. Uh, dark horse winner at Darlington, Quinn Half. Quinn Half. Starcom. <laughs> Quinn Half, baby. Starcom double zero. Let's get that dub. And uh, let's go ahead and finish out this podcast. Thank you for listening this week. It's uh, always an honor. It's so much fun getting to record these podcasts for fans. Um, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. I screwed it up last week. Our ad is actually behind the wall. It's uh, B-E-H-N-D, the wall on Twitter. Uh, same for Instagram. Go ahead and give us a follow. Uh, interact with us. Uh, we posted Jay's uh, uh, Jay's. Oh, what do you say? Watkins uh, Glen commentating. Yeah, Watkins Glen call. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, impression, I guess. Go blow it up. I want someone like Rick Allen to see it or something. Oh, if Rick Allen does it. Oh, my goodness. That would, that would be sweet. But uh, thanks again for uh, tuning in. Uh, this is Behind the Wall, Episode 5. We'll see you next week. <laughs>